Hello there. Welcome to another edition of Adsum with David Firth. Our lives are stories for others. At your funeral, they will not be reading out your LinkedIn profile. They'll be talking about how you lived, what you valued, what you got up to, and what you left with them. Locating and talking about these qualities and experiences while we're still alive, I believe can be powerful medicine for others. Our stories heal and connect us. That's why, in each of these podcasts, I ask my guest, what matters to you? Because what matters to you might matter to everyone. So hello everybody, welcome to another edition of Add Some with David Firth. And I am here today with a good old friend of mine called Mark Powell. And I'm not going to say any more about Mark, but I'm going to first of all allow, uh, ask Mark to introduce himself as the business owner that I know him to be. And uh, we'll talk a bit about that. Um, but also I just, I, I want to invite us Mark to talk a bit about where we've come from in, the, in our backgrounds and our relationship over the years, because our relationship straddles two centuries. So Mark Powell, Managing Director, <laughs> Principal, how do you describe yourself of email logic? Well, my title is Managing Director, but uh, I suppose I call myself Mark Powell. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Director, founder. Yeah, there you go, um, founder. Mm, mm. Email logic, tell us a bit about the company and what you do and how you help people. So I started email logic uh, 20 years ago, probably 21 years ago, and uh, it was... It grew out of some research originally, and it it coincided strangely and uh, sort of from a strange angle with a with a passion of mine, which was about communication via technology. And where that passion focused in on with email logic was a was a need at the time, which was. Um, so strangely, it was around email, and it was around people in businesses' inability to control their email 20, 21 years ago. Um, fortunately for me, uh, the situation hasn't really changed much. In fact, it, it's probably got worse. Yeah. Um, and so I happened across the issue and also happened to be very interested in training and involved in training and so designed some training around it with the help of others. Mm. And um, the training developed into something that was really powerful and really worked in terms of waking people up very quickly to how to communicate and how to manage, uh, how to communicate using email, how to manage email effectively. Um, And I thought it would be a project that would last a few years and 21 years ago we're still um providing lots of it to people all over the world 
Uh, and we've also uh, gone into other areas um, around virtual training and virtual delivery and, and really virtual communication. So teaching people how to communicate effectively and clearly and powerfully and authentically across distance using technology. Beautiful. Yeah. And just very recently, you allowed me to be a guest on your webinar, delivering effective webinars training. Yeah. Or at least a, pilot, yeah. a, little, a little sort of uh, introduction to that, which I found uh, very powerful. Yeah. So we train people how to deliver webinars effectively and um, how to be 100% present for their audience or audiences um, mm. across webinars and really to work at having them achieve what they achieve in a room yes. via live virtual uh, webinars or sessions, whatever you want to call them. Uh, so how can you do that? And we found, interestingly, often people can do it better virtually which is which is fascinating. So, sure. yes, yeah, that's great. And you know, my experience of so I, I had that introduction to the webinar training just recently, and then some years back, I was in a room back in those days when we used to do training in rooms uh, as a guest on your email best practice uh, seminar as well. And I'll never forget you saying in that in that session. And this is my sort of compression of everything. All the wisdom that you said in that, I compressed to take away one sentence, which was, if you don't send them, you don't get them. Yeah. Because <laughs> you were talking about the systemic impact that emails have, you know, the, the, the yeah. more we put out, the more we will get back. And, and so therefore, and, I, and what does that mean to me? It means be very intentional about your communication by email yeah. or, or any sort of, any sort of communication. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the less you send, the less you'll receive. Yes. Uh, there was another quote, actually, that was from a chap called, who, who I know you know, uh, Arnold Mandel. Mm. And Arnold Mandel is a very eminent uh, psychologist and therapist. And he said, there's no difference between an email communication and any other type of communication because you're still communicating. Yes. So there's no difference in terms of value was was the quote that was the thing there's no difference in value between an email communication and any other type of communication so why wouldn't you give it the same sure. um focus yeah. uh, and time and effort yes as you would any other type of communication exactly right mm. and what i you know what i love about your work and, and, and mark you know I, I know this to be because we've been friends all these years i know this to be a reflection of who you are as a human being that you have this sort of yeah, there's all these fabulous tips and techniques and tools that you teach people how to use in both emails and webinars. And then it's grounded in some of the wisdom that you've just been sharing there, which is, you know, what you put out will come back to you, you know, um, both yeah. in terms of quantity and quality. You know? yeah. and, and how would you prepare for, why would you prepare any different for a virtual communication? Because it's still, it's still, as Adam and Biltel said, it's communication. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think one of the differences is there's probably more preparation to do for a virtual communication, um, yes. particularly if it's live, but not necessarily, yeah. uh, and particularly if you 
turn up the enrichment. So you start using video, for example, uh, and you start using other types of technology, other software. Yeah. Uh, you have to prepare more and you have to be, in a way, even more present, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Certainly work at being more present yeah. because there's more potentially uh, to distract you uh, sure. technically. Sure. Both for you and the audience. Yeah, exactly right. And for the audience. So, yeah, so you also need to be aware of your audience mm. uh, and what may be distracting them, what challenges they may have. Yes. You're absolutely right about the presence thing. You know, one of the things that I've, you know, you know about me is my love of language and, you know, any time I'm asked, and even when I'm not asked, you know, I will try to find the etymology of a particular word. And the etymology of the word virtual comes from, you know, the same stem as we get virtuous, which basically means strength and, and essence, you know, and, and it was, you know, if you look at the history of how that word has been used over the years, it was only in the late 50s, and apparently this was down to computer scientists, who for some reason took the word virtual to mean what it sort of generally means now, which is, in effect, not quite as good as, you know, a substitute for... Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, and uh, you know that mindset for me is very damaging to our ability and capacity to be present with each other particularly in this world where we no longer have much of a choice about being in a room much as we prefer it yeah mm. so for me it's about how can we get that virtue that strength that essence back into our communication even though we are separated by time and space mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. When you use the word virtual, it's, and you start creating phrases with it, uh, it, it can start to mean something lesser than. Um, yes. <laughs> it so, it's really interesting. Yeah, I'm <laughs> virtually here. I'm not quite here yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, you could, you could go further with that. We could go further with, with that and say, you know, what you know you know we know each other's wives you know when 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 Kerry and I were before Kerry and I got married and I was still in England and she was in America you know we didn't have even have email we had love letters you know and the letters were separated by three weeks going through the American and, U, uh, and UK mail system you know yeah. were we in communication yes we were hmm. yeah that's interesting because you and Kerry have been together longer than Joe and I, and Joe and I's relationship started, well, it started face-to-face, -face, but then carried on for about three or four months via email. Did it? I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, the first sort of four or five months, uh, we were in communication almost solely by, by email. I can't... Oh, was she out of the country? No. No, she was. Uh, she was. She was at the tail end of a, of another relationship. <laughs> oh, okay, so, all right, yeah, we can edit this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, beautiful. So yeah, so let, let's because let, we, you and I also share, apart from the fact that we know each other's wives, you and I share something else, which is a background in theatre. Hmm. Yeah. How, how did we come across each other in the, it was in the 1980s, <laughs> a long time I ago. So. I think I was, um, I think I was doing some PR uh, oh. 
Ooh. on some books for some, pu- uh, some publishers who ended up being Wiley. Um, but before that, there was something else, Capstone Publishing. Yeah. And, uh, and, there was a, and they were bringing out a series of books and one of them was your was a book you wrote with a lady called Heather Campbell. Yes. I think. Sacred business. Uh, sacred business. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Sacred business. So I think I did some of the PR for that potentially. Okay. Um, but if I didn't, I or maybe I knew you before that. I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, theatre. Yes. Nothing theatre. Yeah. One of the things yeah. that would, so I, I increasingly actually, my relationship with theatre and the business world very, very briefly is that in the first couple of years in the business world, I pretended I'd never been in theatre at all because I thought it would be a sort of undermining of any credibility I might have. I don't know what I was supposed to be substituting for it because it was like there was nothing else. Yeah. But anyway, first two years, tried not to mention it in the hope that people would like me and, and respect me. And then ever since that, an increasing sort of love for and talking about the dynamics of theatre and what goes on between the actor and the audience that creates this thing, mm-hmm. the performance and whatever. So I, I you know, I'd, I'd happily talk about the theatre as a, as, a, as a dynamic for understanding what happens in communication all day, every day. But anyway, the point of little, this little ramble was, often I get asked in the breaks, so David, do you still do theatre? Mm. And, <laughs> and I said, well, what do you think this is, you know? Well, what about, what about ah. you? <laughs> How does the... Do I still do theatre? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what they mean is, of course, hey, do you still do a bit of Amdram, you know? Uh, yeah. Spread the boards with, your, you know, with a bit of uh, Alan Aikborn or whatever. But How about you? How, how does theatre yeah. work for you and your work? Well... Uh... I sometimes describe it as my church, and I think there is a church of theatre. There is a church for actors. There's, there's an actor's church, isn't there? <laughs> is there? And, yeah, yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's somewhere in the Aldwych, uh, some, somewhere in that sort of area. Yeah. But, yeah, I describe it as my church. It's what I come back to. I have a, a group of friends that I didn't... I, I went to drama college with, and then I didn't see for 25 years and right. wasn't in contact with at all. And yes. then got back in contact with them, and it was like, it was extraordinary yes. how connected we still were. Yes. And it was like nothing else. And you realize, having gone through, I think it was two, and a, two years or two and a half years of being, um, <laughs> exposing yourself right to the raw core you and being criticized as well, yeah. um, sometimes quite harshly uh, in front of others. Um, and growing through that period of, of two years to know what you really look like and what you come across and all your foibles and then how to, how to um, practice the art of theatre and be in control of yes. how you're coming across uh, physically, vocally, uh, yeah. mentally to, 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 to a degree and to be able to tweak that incredibly finely. I mean, just the most delicious thing to be able to do sure. um, and to have learnt how to do and the, 
deepest, richest, most enjoyable um, stretching learning process I've ever had in yes. in my life. And I mean, it, hugely grateful for. Yeah, me too. And when I do presentations in business, people sometimes say, you know, you're very good at that. And I say, well, I should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's so many eons beyond a two-day presentation skills workshop. It, it's, and I forget. And sometimes I include some theatrical anecdotes or exercises or theory uh, yeah. or demonstrations within training that I do. That you know, they're, 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 to other actors, they just be yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and to people in business, they just go, wow, that's <laughs> extraordinary. And, that's right. you know, is it? <laughs> that's right. yeah. And yeah. it is, it's magic, because theatre is magic. It's about creating magic. It, it, it really is. I mean, magicians yeah. are actors. They're very fine actors, actually. Yeah. Very detailed. You know, detail yeah. is very important. Yeah. Yeah, I talk a little, I, I go back in, in the book, um, to a lot of my experiences in theatre and stories about it and how that translates. Because, and that thing about the magic, you know, I describe it as, as uh, you know, creating out of nothing, you know, the, the bare space, the empty stage, and, and then it gets populated through the audience's imagination with everything that they, they're, they're imagining, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's a, you know, you use the, the term actor's church, you're the church. It's a it's a sacred deal to me. Is that you know when you can make people see things that aren't really there, but are are, are real enough for them to make them laugh or cry? That's some powerful shit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and the other piece, the other piece that you touched on, Mark, which is really you know again, um, not the not the funniest experience in the world, but talk about transformation is that ability to be seen and exposed in all that raw truth. And to be criticised, as you say, pretty harshly. And I've had some harsh criticism over the years, you know, from theatre critics. Right? And have that be part of the whole growth, not mm. not the end of you, <laughs> not the disabling thing. You know, what mm. if they see this? What if they see that? That ah, they did. That's growth. That's moving. Yeah, on. yeah. When when I trained them, most of the people I trained with was were quite young, as I was, and a lot of them didn't make it. They <clears throat> they couldn't take it. No, <clears throat> it was it was really it was really um, tough sometimes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, cool. And something else that you and I share: uh, landmark education. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if listener, if 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 you put landmark education into Google and press return, you will get fifty percent of the. Uh, Findings will tell you that landmark education is a cult, and the other fifty percent will tell you to change people's lives or whatever. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I know you and I both did the forum not, not at the same time, but uh, I did the mm. forum and then they have done the advanced course. Mm. Mm. You go any further with landmark? Yeah, I did in my. Uh early 20s I think I did pretty much everything I possibly could really? landmark and got to a point where yeah I did a lot of uh, assisting and other programs long quite long sort of six-month programs and yeah um, there was one then called the 
the center leaders program i think it was all okay. about leadership taking yeah. responsibility yeah. and um and I loved it. And I got to a point where I thought, okay, now you need to go into your life without this and, um, and do it in your life without doing the work, do, you know, going on courses all the time. Yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was, it was amazing. And really, I could say, in some respects, it gave me my life. Yeah. yeah it really, really did. Um, because it took me way beyond... Uh, any personal growth that I could have really imagined yes. I could go yes. you know, to the point where, um, I mean, one thing that this is, this is talking about parents, but I, I, when I was younger in my teens, I blamed a lot of stuff on my parents. Well, yeah. I haven't blamed my parents for anything since I was 20. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, right. not one single thing because yeah. uh yeah and i wouldn't ever yes. that's i wouldn't blame anyone for anything yes. pretty much because i take responsibility it's about taking responsibility and that was just huge for me yeah about you are responsible for your life you're responsible for everything that happens in your life that's right um yeah it's powerful, um, powerful stuff I'm making I a laughing here because I go I went to an introductory evening once and one of the <clears throat> the the landmark leader uh, sort of half jokingly said to a lot of people who were in the room who didn't know anything about landmark education said basically this is a course where you find out that you love your parents and they love you. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's like yeah, and then you know take that and then apply it to any other aspect of your life you know yeah uh, yeah 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 i i remember in my but when, when i did it it was pre-landmark and it was called the s training oh, and wow, if you look up the man. s training everything you read about it will say it was cult <laughs> yeah it is right and um it was amazing it yeah. was amazing and it was quite harsh for the time yeah. they were quite harsh and i remember when i first did it um i'd had a difficult yeah, I'd had a difficult childhood in some respects. And they said, uh, they said, you know, everyone here, they said, you need to get something. And what you need to get is your lives don't work. They, said, they don't work. You might think they work sometimes. Yes. That's just a coincidence. You know, your lives don't work. They've never worked. Yes. And they said, they said, because if they worked, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> and, and I was going, yep, go on. Give it a, yep, you're absolutely right. That's right. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. And I can, I can try and resist this and pretend that everything's working, but I'll probably yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was in, in your face. It was great. It was great. There's another thing that happened quite recently to me. I was working one-on-one -on -one with a lady, a highly experienced woman, um, teaching her how to do webinars, how, teaching yes. her how to change what she did face to face into webinars, and it was all around mental health, yep. uh, mental health awareness. And um, we got to about two o'clock. We've been working really hard. I mean, she was brilliant. She mm. she sucked every drop out of the day. Yeah. And about two o'clock, she said, "Mark, have you ever done any personal development stuff?" And I yeah. said, "Yeah, yeah." And she said, "And what's your, you know, what what sort of things have you done?" And I paused, and she said, have you done Landmark? <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> and she said, oh, I thought you had. And, sure, uh, yeah. She said, it was something you said. And what I'd said was, 
um, you know, in training, people talk about listening skills, and they're all the standard listening skills, active listening and passive listening. And, but, yes. and I'd said something about listening for someone's understanding of what you're saying. Yes. So that distinction where you're not, is beyond listening. You're listening to the other person to check out that they've got exactly what you're talking about. Yes. And she said, that was it. That told me. Yes. You've done Lama. Lama is just full of all those types of um, distinctions. It is. And it's the equivalent of the secret handshake, isn't it? That, that, you know, if we get too far into the landmark thing, we get these phrases yeah. and we say them and people go, oh, you know, that's, you know, you've obviously been on landmark because you're using that. Yeah. Yeah, my, my variant of that, and I, I used to give this essay because I, I can't remember his name, but there's a guy who writes a lot about his experiences of, of the work in Landmark and they call essays of transformation or something. And one of them was a beautiful essay about another powerful phrase in Landmark, which is already always listening. Yeah. Already always listening. And this idea that we show up and we've been trained in how to do active listening skills. And so we're nodding and we're smiling and we're, you know, going, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh. But inside our mind is this, it's always, yeah, I know what this person's talking about. I know, yeah, 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 it's just like me. It's just like, blah, 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 blah. There's no listening at all, <laughs> you know? There's all this sort of projection and prediction and how it's going to be and how it's going to end. And, and anyway, in, and in the essay, there's just this, he gets it when he's ringing his mum, his very elderly mum, and, you know, he realizes that he's not actually listening to what she's saying. He's listening to himself talk about why his mother goes on too long and why she should, you know, take more better care of herself or she should do this, she should do that, you know. And then he learns to turn that off and truly listens. You know? mm. Mm. Yeah. And one of the most powerful courses I did with the with Landmark actually, which I think um, really woke me up was the communications course. I don't know if you did it. Uh, no. I think they still do it. And yeah. it was such a powerful course about what is communication and really communicating your message, yes. really saying what... It was extraordinary. Yes. And, yeah, it's yeah. so powerful Yes. to be able to really communicate and feel that you're divesting yourself of what you really want to say and uh, it being heard really exactly right. and yeah because you've really prepared and shown up to to make this because this communication matters so much to me that i'm going to really care that the people i'm talking to really get it and stay long with them enough for them to get it exactly right yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. That, that's unconditional communication for me is that you know it's it's like this is this is the best of what I've got right now. And I think it's going to help me and it's going to help you together. And, and, and I'm prepared to stand here and, and have it be shot down if need be. But I'm going to say it because I'm coming from that place of this matters to us all, you know? Yeah. That's the unconditional thing. As opposed to variants of I'm going to sort of dampen down what I truly believe and think so that it's acceptable to you so that you like me or vote for me or you know, mm. and there is a feeling of immense power i think yes. of being in the world yes 100 percent and truly when yes. you do communicate and i think that uh awakening for me probably 
way to allowed me to be a, attracted to the theatre. Yes. Uh, and acting. Yes. To be able to communicate 100%. And yes. for me, an actor, being 100% in a role, you know, if it, particularly if it's, a, if it's a big role, yeah. for the duration is just... Yeah. It, it, transports you into another <laughs> another world really it's, it's something else absolutely yeah i remember two more things then we'll move on to something else maybe but two things i i remember a lot about landmark and one of the things was it really even though i didn't start talking about sort of storytelling in the business world for some years afterwards it really gave me an understanding of how much we make up stories about ourselves and each other and you and them and how life is, whatever, and don't realize it's a story we've made up and therefore yeah. have some agency over us that we, we can author a different story because we don't think it's a story, we think it's just the thoughts in our head and if it's in my head, it must be true, you know? And, uh, and then the whole idea of finding it to be true by selecting the data that supports <laughs> this thing that you've got which is a story which you may, which you can make up differently, you know? And so that was just, for me, it was like, you know, yeah. hit the big gong. Yeah. And then the other thing I got from Lamarck, and this was not part of the teaching, but it's just my experience of the other people, a lot of other people on the program was, um, I'll tell you one story that on, on day two, because these are three day programs, aren't they, Mark? You know, on day two, somebody had come to the front and to the microphone and they were saying, you know, I've, I've got it. I'm, Free. I've got that I'm totally responsible for my life. You know, I love my life. I love everybody. Ain't it great? You know, <laughs> and then the next day she was back. She was like, oh, but oh, just one more thing. My boss is a jerk. What am I supposed to do about that? <laughs> and the response, you could feel the response in the audience going, yeah, that's right. My boss too. My boss too is a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I learned that there's this story about bosses, which is sort of, we're not careful is untouched by any personal transformation of freedom and accountability, you know, because everybody yeah. agrees that if, if all else fails, we can blame the boss, you know. Yeah. Anyway, cool. So one of the themes of this podcast, Mark, is what matters to you, because what mm. matters to you might matter to everybody. So when I ask that question of you, what, what comes up for you? I suppose the thing that matters to me the most is family, you know, family yeah. and, and friends and people who I love. Yeah. Um, and apart from that, <laughs> aside from that, <laughs> there's something that's been a recurring theme in, in my life and it's found its way into my work or I have found it in my work. Yeah. And I'm not sure, I haven't consciously chosen my work to be around this, which is about communicating through technology, which we've already mm -hmm. touched on somehow. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it, it started very early on. And I don't know why, but it, I remember being very young and thinking you could achieve anything you want in the world. Mm. And then I remember thinking you can actually achieve, you could create anything you want th 
through that thing over there, which is connected to the wall, which was a telephone. Because mm. I thought you can phone someone. You can phone anyone. You could yeah. potentially, you can phone anyone. If you really wanted to, you could get through to anyone. And if you said the right things, you could create anything happening with yeah. that person or people. Yeah. And I just thought it was immensely powerful. Um, yeah. And the opportunity was uh, infinite, yes. really. And it was in your front room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was extraordinary. And this was before the, way before the internet and before mobile phones or anything. Sure. Yeah. When the phone was plugged into the wall and in the house the I grew up. Plugged into yeah, in the house yeah. I grew up in, back in Morley, the... the the phone was in the hall, you know, and it was a big drafty house. And my mum used to go and make a call to one of her cousins or aunts or my my aunts and her sisters. And she used to put a coat on yeah. <laughs> to go and sit and have a longer phone call because it was going to be chilly and drafty out there, you know. And that's where she had to do it, you know. She couldn't pick up and WhatsApp her sister, sister <laughs> straight away. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And we didn't, you know, as kids, we used to sometimes spend quite a long time on the phone to our mates. I did. And was told to get off it because, A, no one else could make a call. Yeah. Uh, and no one could call in. And also, it was quite expensive. Yes. Uh, oh, as yeah. well. Then. Yeah. And now we try to get our kids to use the phone, you know, and they don't yeah. like it. My, my oh. two just don't like it. They're not poor communicators, but... They don't like using the phone because they don't use it, because they're not used to it. <laughs> Quite interesting. But that central thing that you just said is, you know, I, I was talking with somebody else this week about truly what would a, what would a different approach to education look like? Uh, and what you've just said about, and I guess you, you may have had that insight a little later on in your life than when you were a child, but that insight of... I could use that thing to phone anybody. And if I use my language and my communication in the right way, anything might happen out of that. So I, I, I as an individual, I'm, um, uh, at least have the potential to make every, every possibility, you know, is out there. And I'm connected to that. I'm not, it's not separate from me. Mm. Um, now, what do I want to do with that? Yeah, if, if children could start with that, <laughs> you know, start with that. And then say, okay, so what bits and pieces of knowledge might be necessary to collect along the way um, as, I'm, as I'm getting interested in what possibilities I might create through, community, through technology and other people? Hmm. Would be transformational, wouldn't it? Or am I just crazy? No, I think, I think, I think it is. And it's true. You know, you yeah. can create anything from, from your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Begin. Uh. <laughs> pick it up <laughs> it's like when Tommy Cooper told the joke about getting out of a taxi and, uh, and the driver the taxi driver said um, what about a tip and, yeah. and he said yeah the world's your oyster go for it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh bless Tommy Cooper so Mark so, we're coming towards the end of our time together oh well yeah no, that flew didn't it yeah <laughs> any, any I, said, final I thought we word? were just beginning. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll do part two next week. We'll be fine. Yeah. You're in control of this, Mark. You know, I'm not asking my boss for permission to do this. Um, 
any final words that you'd like to share with our audience from all of this wide range of conversation? Well, I think what might round it up is to say that I've been working virtually way before COVID and teaching people to work virtually in whichever way. And I do know that you can do anything virtually. Yes. And in some respects, I think certainly my experience, and I know this isn't the same for everyone, my experience has been extraordinary working at home and having to work at home because I've been able to show people I've been teaching a lot of people how to work virtually over the last few months yeah. and do it very well who had never done it before some of them a lot of them. yes yeah which is you know that's part of my work but also been doing it at home I have had an extraordinary connection to my family yes <laughs> uh, and my home which I realize I love so much <laughs> um, yeah, and obviously my family I love so much. So it's 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 been an extraordinary time. Yes. Um, for me, I can just sort of feel this line coming through my family and my home, which which really feed me, you know, v- yes. very fundamentally. And yeah. going into the little camera at the top of my computer right now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and sort of taking with it anything I've got, you know, morsels yeah. of. Um, value sure. uh, or experience that I may be able to give to people that may help. Beautiful. But, you know, the world's your oyster, go for it. <laughs> Good for you. Beautifully said. No, it's absolutely true. And, and you know, it's, you know, that, that you know, I made a joke. I, I was asked to speak at a virtual conference and they, they wanted to me answer these sort of five questions and you know one of them was what's the you know most interesting thing you've got out of the covid crisis so far and you know my answer was i, I think i've bought my last pair of dress socks you know because I, <laughs> I can't yet imagine being back on a plane and, and flying out across the world again to do these workshops this this is probably going to be it for a good amount of time and i'm very very okay with that yeah. you know because it's just that you know, we've, we can get past all the appearance and the how's the suit and the, you know, the, how do I look and, you know, and we can get back to that essence of really being present with each other, you know, and we, we, we can Am let I? go of that story that the technology is a problem because yes, it is sometimes, but then again, being in a room is sometimes a problem. Wow. Absolutely. Our inner technology can be a problem. Inner technology. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So Mark, how can so, we find out more about you and the company? Where do we go? On the Wonder Web? www.emaillogic.com. Uh, one L. One word, email logic. <laughs> one L. Uh, Excellent. Dot com. Yeah. Uh, that's our website. And do you still uh, have that fabulous thing you used to have on your website that, that always used to inspire me that, that you measure the impact of the training? It's actually measurable. Yeah, with email there is uh, there is a measurable which is time. So we yeah. save people 31 minutes a day every day. That's proven, and that's proven uh, by our own research and by independent academic research. And 31 minutes per day is 16.8 days per year, including <laughs> holidays, which is a lot of time. That is um, a lot. It's a lot of time, and it's worth 
you know, it's worth a huge amount of money. So we measure time and we measure volume of email and we measure irrelevant yeah. emails and times that you check emails and all sorts of things like that. And our, our metrics are very, very good. So it's measured, yeah. Measured the email. Yeah, whereas what I say to my clients is, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I say that afterwards. I say, give the metrics and then I say, trust me. As if we don't do it, we'll give you your money back. Yeah. yeah. Wow. There you go. There you go. That's putting it. Or, out. or we'll do it for nothing, and we'll just charge you ten percent of your savings in the first year. There you go. Hey. Well, Mark, thank you so much for being on this uh, on this conversation with me. I really enjoyed it. That was my pleasure. Thank you. Hey, well, we may do part two. Yeah. Why Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All the best. Take care. Thank you. Bye, Dave. Bye.